Each year, thousands of students start at universities and colleges across Canada. Many are away from their homes, families, and friends for the first time, and are learning now who they are as adults for the first time ever. It can be a stage of both real anxiety and also real growth. Professors, TAs, and academics, they'll take care of the scholarly side. But who's taking care of their emotional well-being? Who's taking care of their spiritual growth? Today, we are with Tim Kennedy and Jeanette Unger, who are chaplains with the Ecumenical Chaplaincy at University of Toronto, or ECUT, and they are part of that critical piece of spiritual care for young adults. ECUT is a joint program between the United Church of Canada and Presbyterian Church of Canada, serving students across all of the U of T campuses. And they are just a couple of the dozens of chaplains at U of T and hundreds across the country, serving students across all backgrounds and with big futures ahead of them. Welcome to The Rooster Crows, a podcast about life, death, and everything in between. I'm your co-host for today, Roberta Howie, speaking with Tim and Jeanette from ECOOT. Let's start first by asking, sort of, with ECOOT, what are some of the things that you do with students, uh, whether it's programs, whether it's the kind of work, like the kind of care that you do? So we, we do a lot of one-on-one. Um, so one-on-one listening, pastoral care, a lot of one-on-one support for students. And I actually found that during COVID, the Zoom room is amazing <laughs> for some one-on-one, right? Because there's a lot of social anxiety. It's huge. And to f- tell a student, okay, here's where my office is. You have to go down this hallway, enter this door, navigating all the different buildings of U of T. Um, that's a lot of anxiety and stress. So to be able to just send a link to a Zoom room and say, hey, meet me here. And you can be at your home drinking your tea with your cat and I'll be here. So uh, I would say that that one-on-one during COVID, the Zoom was a gift <laughs> and reduced social anxiety. Anyway, we do a lot of one-on-one. Um, I'll let Tim chime in on a bunch of other things, but I will be starting a grief support group, uh, co-facilitating that, and that's starting in October. So that's for students who have experienced a death. Um, and, and we're finally moving back to some in-person and some online this year. So we're sort of excited about the return to um, we're not fully in person, but the return to some in-person gatherings. Um, yeah, those are some of the things that I am excited about. But I'll let Tim chime in on the other ones. Yeah, sure. I mean, I would just, in terms of programming, um, in addition to what Jeanette mentioned, uh, you know, we, we have a, a wide range of, of programming on campus for students. Everything from, you know, ecology and spirituality programming to querying religion uh, to programming uh, that looks at the intersection or intersectionality of, um, of creation and spirituality um, as well as you know indigenous uh, indigenous uh, truth and reconciliation uh, etc and so you know there's a lot going on but one of the things that um, that we are really focusing on this year is the building of community and this has grown out of a conversation that's been taking place for four or five years around this um, the reality that I think Jeanette mentioned and that is that many students at U of T uh, feel isolated and alone and uh, you know we see that in you know unfortunately in, in you know increased suicide rates uh, that oftentimes you know sort of we don't want to talk about we see it anecdotally when we talk to students and we hear them 
express that to us in any myriad of ways, um, that, that they feel isolated and they feel alone, despite the fact that they're surrounded by people. And there's a whole number of reasons for that, but one of the things that, that we believe uh, that we can do practically is to help build um, you know, an inclusive, vibrant, diverse community of faith on campus where students can come and plug in and connect with each other and connect with God and uh, learn and grow and, and live life together. And, you know, so one of the things that we're doing is we're, we're um, starting up a weekly gathering uh, where students are invited to come and have food and, and uh, have conversation and, and talk about faith and talk about life. And um, we feel that this type of, you know, just very broad-based um, opportunity to gather on a weekly basis, as simple as that sounds, right, that's just sort of very, very simple and, and, and almost fundamental. Um, but, but at the same time, it's something that we lose sight of at a place like the University of Toronto because it's so big, it's so multicultural, it's so multifaceted. Um, it's very, very difficult, as, as, as ironic as it sounds, it's very, very difficult to build uh, and form uh, you know, real community where students can come and connect and build relationships, uh, life-giving relationships on a regular basis. It's very difficult to do that. And so we're sort of doubling down on it. It's, it would be much easier just to focus on sort of, um, you know, uh, interesting topics and programs where uh, students can come and, and receive something and go away. But we feel like the, the, maybe the anecdote to this isolation and this loneliness is to provide something that's a bit more stable on an ongoing continual basis where students know they can come and connect. And so that's one of the things that, that we're really focusing on, uh, on this year while we're continuing some of the, you know, the, the programming that, that we've been doing for years. Um, and so we're kicking that off actually this coming Tuesday. And um, we, you know, we, we don't know uh, who all will show up. Uh, you know, there may be, you know, there may be five or six or seven of us. There may be, uh, you know, 10 or 15 of us. We don't know for sure. Um, but, you know, we're going, to, we're going to give it a try. And we're going to do it on a regular basis. Um, and then just begin inviting inviting people to come and, and to connect. So that's uh, that's something uh, that, of course, is always a part of chaplaincy work on some level. But we're just trying to do it in a little bit of a different way uh, this year. And so we're really we're really excited about that. I just want to make one more plug because I don't think it's been explicitly said. So it doesn't really. Maybe it relates. Maybe it doesn't. But I would say that one thing that's unique about our chaplaincy and other United Church affiliated chaplaincies is that we are queer positive and affirming. And uh, the, the climate is changing around, we know, and the trans rights and the conservative party, like some of these things are really changing. And just to say like, we are a queer affirming and queer positive chaplaincy. So um, just, to, just to name that as a place where we want to be safe and we want to hold together and support those students too. Yeah, I think it's important to name. I think the, the climate is changing and <laughs> and I just wanted to name that as like, this is also something we do. Yeah, and I think there's a deep spiritual longing and craving. In fact, I was hearing another, um, a bunch of people, university <laughs> academics talking about it, that they think there's a, there's a different sense of uh, a spiritual awareness on campus than there has been in the past. So that's really interesting to just, yeah, just two weeks ago at orientation, someone mentioned that. I thought, huh, I'll, I'll, 
you know, it's never been gone from us because that's our, we live in that. But for others outside of that context to observe that students are interested and are curious and are intrigued by the spiritual life or about meaning and value and purpose and identity, which um, are spiritual questions across traditions. Nice. Uh, you both have been around university students for a long time. You both have done a large amount of chaplaincy experience. And I think the big question that a lot of people are going to ask when dealing with university chaplaincy is why? Why chaplaincy? What is so important about chaplaincy, especially for university students? Yeah, I'll jump in and just uh, share just an, an initial thought. Um, I recognize that from, you know, from a, a local church point of view and also from an institutional point of view when it comes to the church, uh, ministry with university students doesn't really pay for itself, right? University students, they don't show up usually on Sunday mornings in local parishes. Uh, they don't contribute because they don't, I mean, they're sort of net, you know, they're net negative on income, not net positive. They can't contribute financially. And so a lot of times um, I, f I think there's a tendency to think, you know, why would we uh, why would we pump a lot of resources, financial resources as well as human resources, into ministry with university students when we know that university students, you know, the, the large majority of university students don't attend uh, local parishes, they don't, you know, they're not overly involved in local churches during their university um, experience or time, and, uh, and they, they're not able to contribute, you know, financially at least. But I think that it's a bit short-sighted because um, the reality is we know that university students bring a tremendous amount of energy, a tremendous uh, number of gifts, uh, and if we could find ways to, you know, connect the passion and, and, and energy and to some degree the idealism of our university students um, with local parishes, um, it could really be a source of great renewal, I think, uh, for the church um, and also, um, yeah, of course, students, I think, also need that experience of that multi-generational community that you can only find, or uh, that it's difficult to find outside of the local parish when it comes to, you know, spirituality. So, you know, Jeanette and I and other campus ministries offer spiritual programming for students at the university, and that's essential, and that's, you know, a, a big part of what we do. Um, but that can't replace, I think, the local church as well. And so, you know, we're looking for ways that we can connect students with local churches and the ministries of local churches uh, with students on campus. Um, but but it, is, it is a real challenge, though. Um, Absolutely. And with that, on the other side, with that with Jeanette, I'm wondering if you want to talk about just sort of how the kids are doing. How, how are the students doing? Because it sounds like, uh, university chaplaincy, that is a much needed thing, not just a sort of connecting people at the church level, that they always stay connected with their spiritual roots, but also at the student level, as you have these 18-year-olds, they come to university, many of them away from home for the first time in their entire lives, meeting all new people, experiencing all these new things. And so how does, how does university chaplaincy sort of fit into that? a larger landscape. Yeah, while you were both talking, I had this image of sort of, you know how, like, Jesus did a lot of teaching at the temple, but Jesus also wandered around to where the people were, right? Like, he met people by the well, or he met people on the road. And I sort of think about chaplaincy, in particular, university chapels, meeting our people where they are. And our people happen to be 
at the university. So following that model of saying um, we can care about people outside of the walls of a, a church or a temple, or but in the spaces where they are at. And, and university is such an amazing time in people's lives. Like it's just so formative in terms of asking questions and exploring identity, figuring out relationships. Um, yeah, and I think university students, there's such a wide range. Like we're meeting some pretty amazing young adults who are passionate, who feel called to certain careers and to making changes in the world and contributing to the common good. Um, so that's pretty exciting. And then we meet students who are really, I think that one of the things, the refrains that I keep hearing is a lot of loneliness. So really, really lonely and really trying to find community and find where they belong, right? So when you leave home and that's gone, where do you fit in and where is that place of belonging? And those are deeply spiritual questions around identity and purpose and meaning. So it's an exciting, like, <laughs> there's a lot of excitement and energy and there's a lot of loneliness. And I think uh, we hear about it in the news too, like a lot of struggle with mental health and mental well-being. And what does that look like uh, for, yeah, for young adults and for students? I even remember I was a, I was a U of T student back in the day, graduated in 2013. And like, it always surprises me that uh, so much of, and I say this with love to U of T and it's in other universities as well, but for many schools, there's such an emphasis on the academic side. And that is important. Make sure that you go to class, make sure you study, make sure you do your assignments, but it, there's such an emphasis on it that uh, even, I, even as I talk with university students now, a large part of the conversations have been, I can't make friends, I'm busy studying. Or uh, do I even want to you know, ask that one person out in my class that I kind of like and immediately being told, no, you need to focus on studying, focus on your classwork and like not worry about who you are as a person, who worry about who you are as a student first. And it, it, it just feels so weird to say that to students when they're finally at a point where they can create who they are and really explore who they are as people. Yeah, I think it's hugely stressful. Like, and think about the financial stress of going to university and a lot of U of T students are commuting and holding other jobs and the pressure to do well academically. So it's a pretty, yeah, it's a very stressful time. <laughs> So to be there in the midst of that stress and accompany students, students along that or help them find resources to cope to say, hey, like you're not alone. We can connect you to community, but we can also connect you to accessibility or academic support or mental well-being support. So being able to be holistic in how we can um, be with students. I would just mention that you know, I think that there is increased anxiety on some level um, among some students, not all students, but an increased anxiety, uh, sort of a social anxiety um, to gather together in, in large groups of people, but also uh, with people in general. Among other students, there's an excitement to return to, you know, uh, being together in person. Um, another factor, and this, you know, goes out beyond the university, I think this is universal, you know, there is now... Uh, almost an expectation that any program that you do is offered at least hybrid. You know, that there's 
that there's at least a virtual option to everything that you do. And this is the new world that we live in, and I would say this is probably the primary difference that I see. Um, there's always a desire among students and others um, to, uh, to have that as a, you know, just the convenience of gathering together uh, virtually. Um, and so that affects everything from, you know, our ministry team meetings where we're meeting with our, our student leaders um, to programs that we hold. And, uh, you know, most everything that we do now, uh, if it's not virtual, uh, if it's in person, uh, there's almost always a hybrid, hybrid option. And that comes with some benefits, but I think also some challenges. Um, but I think that um, probably the benefits outweigh the challenges, I think. Um, so I think that it's going to be a good thing uh, in the long run uh, because we'll be able to gather together in person, but then, you know, when students aren't able to gather together, they can join uh, virtually. And so that's, I think that's a good thing. And, and honestly, a silver lining around, you know, the cloud of COVID that's, that's hung over us now for several years. Absolutely. And even as I was hearing us talking about this, I'm wondering if, Tim, if you have any comparison between the sort of the Canadian chaplaincy landscape and the Texas chaplaincy landscape. I'm not even going to say American because American in Connecticut is very different from American in Louisiana and everything in between. But certainly the Texas to Toronto landscape, if you want to talk about sort of what that difference is. Yeah, two, two completely different worlds, as you could imagine. Um, where I was in Texas, uh, you know, they often would jokingly call it the buckle of the Bible belt. Uh, not just the Bible belt, but the buckle of the Bible belt. Um, the town that the university that I served was located, uh, it was located in a town that had three uh, church-affiliated universities, if you can imagine. And, um, you know, so thousands, tens of thousands of students in this one town all attending church-affiliated universities. Um, if I was to guess, you know, there was diversity on campus in terms of religious affiliation, but if I was to guess, you know, it would probably be self-reported 85 or 90 percent Christian and um, on campus and then there was diversity within that so you know different Christian denominations but the vast majority you know the 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 large majority uh, would identify as Christian and uh, you know compare that to a place like the University of Toronto and Toronto and the GTA as a whole you know uh, you know Christianity or the Christian population is probably uh, one of the minorities on campus when it comes to you know overall worldview um, overall worldviews and so that's a drastically different uh, context to do ministry not only in terms of doing ministry specifically with Christian students but also you know we relate to students of from all types of different backgrounds um, some students who come from you know another faith background uh, Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist um, on any given day, I have conversations with students, uh, certainly who come from non-Christian backgrounds, um, as well as you know non-non-religious uh, backgrounds as well. Um, students who identify as agnostic or you know atheist or humanist, and so uh, this provide you know this is a, a radically different context for sure than than where I was in Texas. Um, you know re some really great opportunities uh, for shared conversation and shared learning because of that and um, uh, you know so so while there are some maybe some challenges uh, when it comes to forming community um, because you know you're 
you have students from such drastically different backgrounds and worldviews, and so how do you how do you bring those students together in a healthy way and help them to share life with one another uh, and be supportive of one another and learn from one another uh, rather than um, seeing you know every worldview that is not like my own as something that is a threat to me personally. And so I think that there's some great opportunities, but also some great challenges because of that. And one other thing that I've mentioned that's quite fascinating to me, a difference between sort of the uh, American landscape and the Canadian landscape in general, is that, you know, in the U.S., despite the fact that maybe religiosity or religion, religious adherence might be... Um, slightly higher in the U.S. in some ways. Uh, the diversity of religion, of course, is, is greater in, at least in the GTA for sure. Um, but despite all of that, uh, I think that uh, what, what we find at the University of Toronto is very different than what you would find in the U.S. in terms of, you know, you have this division between secular and religious in the U.S. and so you have either a secular state university or you have a private religious university. And there are tons of private religious universities. At the state universities, um, all of the uh, sort of religious experience um, is completely, usually completely separate from the life of the academy. Well, at the University of Toronto, as soon as I arrived, I heard there was something called the Multi-Faith Center. And that was actually built by the University of Toronto, funded by the University of Toronto, that the University of Toronto formed what they call a, you know, a chaplain's council. And that this chaplain's council, you know, was for, uh, included religious leaders from all different faith backgrounds. And that was all funded by the University of Toronto, which is a state university. Well, you wouldn't really see that at a, at a state university in the U.S. And so that's a very different uh, a very different dynamic as well that I actually think is a very positive thing. And so, uh, you know, I think there's a whole number of reasons for that, but, uh, but a very different, I think, dynamic in the Canadian context. Sounds good. I think that, that we've covered a little bit about how the students are doing, about how you take care of the students. And I think the sort of the final question I have that I like to ask is most of the people that would be either watching this, listening to this, they may not be uni students themselves. They may be the relatives of them or the friends or the neighbors or the, the other people that say, oh, you know, this kid at our church is now going to school and we won't see them until Thanksgiving, if that. And I'm wondering if you have any notes on what to do or anything that you want to give for those who it's their grandkid that's going to university or it's their kid that's going. And they may have questions. They may be worried about how they're doing. They may be worried about like just their kid in general because it's our right and privilege to worry about children as we send them off to go explore if you have any final thoughts that you want to give for those people as well. I don't know if I have any, I just like check in on them and love them, right? Like, like it is stressful and there's a lot of learning and growing that's happening. So just making sure that you're connecting and checking in and, and, and loving them. Um, certainly point them to chaplains. Like there are chapl there are United church affiliated chaplains in a lot of universities across Canada. Right. So not just at U of T and, um, 
And I think chaplains can be a great resource. It can be awkward. <laughs> so students may not want to find us, and that's okay. We don't take it personally, but um, but there are chaplains across many different universities that are, are can help support, who understand the university context and can also, but I think the gift of being a chaplain is that we're not university employees. Like we are self-funded. We have an agreement that we can be on campus, but we are not university employees. So conversations with us do not impact an academic record. And so we can help navigate. Um, we have this sort of unique place, which can help us nav help students navigate the space on campus and, and we can provide support and friendship and, um, so point students to chaplains if you think that would work for them. Otherwise, just love them. <laughs> Check in on them. They need it. We all need it. Let's be clear. We all need it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What would you add, things, Tim? No, I think I think those were um, two great uh, great points. Connect with uh, connect with connect them. Help them connect with chaplains, and uh, and love on them. And you know, also, I think that um, you know, local churches and local ministers, um, you know, although I, you know, I mentioned that you know that oftentimes university students and university ministry are sort of the overlooked, you know, demographic, and I think that that's true. I also think at the same time that most ministers would absolutely love the opportunity to connect with uh, university students, you know, and so encouraging, you know, y your university students, you know, to go in and give out, uh, give, give a couple of, of churches a try, you know, do a little research online, find a, a church that seems to fit uh, with, you know, who you are and, um, and uh, maybe has some, something that, that looks, you know, like it would be of interest to you and then, or to your, your uh, university student, and then just encouraging them to go and, and give it a try, you know, plug in. Um, I think that this assumption that, univers that university students, you know, are not interested whatsoever in spiritual things or in the church during their university uh, years, while there is some truth there, I think it's also a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think that university students, if they're encouraged, uh, we'll do that. I think they'll go out. They'll they'll um, they'll try out some churches, and maybe they'll find a community to plug into, and uh, and that could be a really life giving uh, thing, and and be a part of their support network while they're at the university. So I would say, don't hesitate to just say, hey, um, you know, go 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 give a couple of churches a try and see see if there's some some place that you that you connect, um, especially you know for our students that you know grew up in the church and. Uh, to not, not write off these years and say, oh, once they have kids, they'll come back. That's the line that I hear all the time, you know. Um, and while that may be or may not be true, um, I think that uh, just that little word of encouragement can, can make a big difference. Special thanks to Tim and Jeanette for sharing their wisdom today. You can find out more about the ecumenical chaplaincy at U of T at ecut.ca. That is E-C-U-T dot C-A to learn more about their programming, how to get in contact with them, or offer a donation. The Rooster Crows is a production from Lawrence Park Community Church, a United Church of Canada community up in northern Toronto. You can find out more about us at lawrenceparkchurch.ca. Until next time, I am Roberta, your co-host for today. Thank you for listening, and take care.